Don Mockholtz, and you're listening to Looking Up with Don. This is the Looking Up with Don podcast, episode number 114, for the week of March 9th, 2022. The related website for this podcast is donmacholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z dot com. Two H's. What's up in the sky this week? As our week begins on Wednesday, March 9th, the moon is about 40% full in our evening sky. As seen from the northern hemisphere, the moon will be high in the sky. First quarter moon will be on Thursday, March 10th at 1044 Universal Time. By next Tuesday, March 15th, the moon will be more than 90% full in the evening sky, with a full moon two days later. The planet Uranus is our only evening sky planet. In the morning sky, we have Venus and Mars bunching up, with Venus four degrees north of Mars on March 11th. This weekend, most of those in the United States will set their clocks ahead on Saturday night, Sunday morning, March 12th, 13th. For Europe, that change is made two weeks later. And much of the world will not change their clocks at all. For those who will now be observing daylight savings time, your daily schedule will change to match the new times, but the sky remains the same. So now, instead of it getting dark at, uh, for instance, 7 p.m., it will get dark at 8 p.m. And in the morning, twilight and sunrise will come an hour later, too. Will you be able to see the International Space Station this week, which for our purposes begins Wednesday, March 9th through Tuesday, March 15th? It depends upon where you are located this week, we have five zones. All you need to know is your latitude. Two zones will not see the ISS this week. They are north of 60 degrees north and south of 33 degrees south. So no space station this week. From 45 to 60 degrees north, the ISS will be in your morning sky, but only for the first part of the week. Between the equator and 45 degrees north, the ISS will be in your morning sky for part of the week and in your evening sky for part of the week. From the equator to 33 degrees south, the International Space Station will be in your evening sky, but only for the first part of the week. To determine where you can see the International Space Station, Go to the website heavens-above.com and you enter your location, then click on ISS. Do you remember Comet Leonard C2021A1? It is now in the southern morning sky and it's pulling rapidly away from the sun. 
recent images by amateur astronomers around the world, mostly in the Southern Hemisphere, are showing the tail of the comet, but not the head of the comet, also known as a coma. Now, this typically indicates that the comet is disintegrating. The comet will continue to be monitored, and we'll have a clearer idea of what's happening in another week or so. Those comets in the evening sky will be difficult to see this week due to the bright moon. A couple of comets, C-2017 K2 Panstars at magnitude 10 and 22P Kof magnitude 11, are in our morning sky and they should still be easily visible. They are plotted on Podcast 114, Map 2. To get the most accurate and up-to-date positions for these comets, do what I do. Go to the website heavens-above.com and click on Comets. There you'll find the positions and maps for each comet. Most weeks, I suggest objects we are going to observe, and almost every time it is comets, galaxies, clusters, nebula, and our double stars. When a bright moon is in the sky, I typically skip that section, and I sometimes suggest we all go out and look at the moon. That is what I'm going to do this week. I love looking at the moon. As the terminator, the line separating light and dark, moves across the surface of the moon at about 10 miles per hour, that's 16 kilometers per hour, new objects are revealed as we watch the moon in the evening sky. The changing light patterns caused by the rising sun are amazing as the hours pass. I really enjoy cranking up the magnification and looking for the smallest craters that I can see. Craters, mountains, domes, valleys, all this and more can keep you busy for a lifetime. At public star parties, when the moon was up, we would show it. And I was startled by how many people, the general public, many of whom have never looked through a telescope, are surprised by the moon. They approach the eyepiece thinking, yeah, the moon, I've seen it my whole life, what's new here? Then they look and keep looking. Yes, they've seen the moon before, but now they can see the craters. Suddenly it's a whole new perspective. About half of them say the same thing. Repeat it with me if you've had the same experience. They say, wow, I can see the craters. My first telescope for my 13th birthday was a two-inch refractor. It was with that instrument that I began to learn my way around the moon. I used the book, A Field Guide to the Stars and Planets, by Donald Menzel with its moon maps near the back of the book to lead me on my tours of the lunar surface. I still have that book here in front of me as I speak. A 1966 Christmas gift from my parents. 
in the front, my dad wrote, I hope you get a lot of use out of this book. Yes, I have. Two years later, I received my six-inch reflector telescope, the Dynascope from Criterion. I still have it and use it, and in fact, I discovered my 10th comet with it in 2004. It has some great optics, and it handles high magnification well. I used it for our public star party, so thousands of people have looked through it. When you visit me here at Stargazer Ranch, you can use that telescope too. With this telescope, tracking with its clock drive, I would use up to 400 power to examine the moon. Good times. So this week, we have two moon maps to guide us around the moon. You can get these maps from my website, donmockholtz.com. North is up in both maps. The first one, Podcast 114 Map 3, is best used when the moon is near first quarter. That would be this Thursday or even Friday evening. On Friday, the sun angle will be a bit higher, but it, these objects should still be visible. What we are looking for are three oddities on the moon's surface. The appearance of a V, an X, and an L. The mountain ranges and crater walls, when seen at a low angle just after sunrise, will seem to form the letters V, X, and L. The, the X is something I remember seeing way back in the 1960s. I thought that it was odd because I had read that it was impossible for two mountain ranges to cross at right angles. Well, it's not really mountain ranges causing the X. It is crater walls up against each other. See if you can find all three. Our second moon map this week is podcast 114, map 4. It is drawn for Saturday, March 12th, but it can be used uh, a few days on either side of March 12th. Try this. Print out the map, podcast 114, map 4. Take it out to the telescope and listen to this podcast while looking through the telescope. We begin with the crater Archimedes. It is 50 miles across. That's 80 kilometers. Sometimes it is referred to as a walled plain. The walls are only about 7,000 feet high. That's 2,100 meters. Look carefully inside the crater Archimedes. It is filled with lava. So it does not have a central peak, and there's no large craters inside. But if you crank up the magnification and look carefully, you might pick up some small craterlets on the crater's floor. And notice the rim of Archimedes. The north and south walls are lower than the east and west walls. Now, the next crater is nearby. In fact, we have three craters here forming a right triangle, and we'll be looking at all three. Now we move to the next smaller one. It is 
named Aristillus. It is 33 miles, that's 55 kilometers across, and its walls are much higher, 11,000 feet tall, that's 3,600 meters. Now this one looks more like a crater. It has a central peak, but it is disturbed a bit. I bet it would be fun to hike among those central mountains. They are not that high, only about 3,000 feet. That's about one kilometer high. In the moon's one-sixth gravity, that might be a very interesting hike. The rim of the crater is broad and extends into the crater quite a bit, more than halfway toward the center. This is as if material has slid down the inside of the rim toward the center. This crater has a ray system, more, more like a splatter system. But that is best seen when the sun is higher in the sky. Try looking for that during full moon next week. To the north of this crater, Aristillus, away from the other two craters and directly away from the smaller of these three craters, you will see a ghost of a crater. Now, this is an old one covered with lava. Now, I could not find a name for this old crater. We now move to the third crater of this trio. It's the smallest one. It's known as Autolycus. It is 24 miles across. That's 41 kilometers. Now, the hometown that you're in right now could easily fit inside of it, I bet. The walls are high, 10,000 feet or 3,400 meters. It lacks a central peak. In fact, it looks like a soup bowl. But on the rim, you'll find a small crater that was made after this crater was formed. In between Archimedes, the first crater we saw, and this one, Ololycus, is a stretch of land where the first man-made object hit the moon. The Soviets' Luna 2 crashed here on September 13, 1959. Hey, you won't see anything, but that's where it crashed. One more thing I want to point out. If you draw a line from the last crater we saw, Aristillus, and draw a line through the smaller one, Autolycus, and go about 1.5 times that distance and curve a bit away from the Terminator, you will arrive at the Apollo 15 landing site at Hadley Rill. Now, for the rest of the night, spend your time looking around the moon. You're on free time now. Thank you so much for listening to these instructions on finding these three craters and the things around them. Spend the rest of the evening now just looking at everything else on the moon. To recap the podcast, what's up this coming week? The moon is growing in our evening sky, but get out and see it. And observe those comets in the morning sky. <laughs> and set your clocks ahead if you're so inclined. You have been listening to Looking Up with Don, podcast episode number 114 for March 9th, 2022. 
I'm Don Mockholtz. Once again, the related website for this podcast is donmockholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com, two H's. You can contact me at dontheastronomer at gmail.com. Once again, that is dontheastronomer at gmail.com. God willing and pod willing, I'll be back next week for another episode of Looking Up with Don. We will discuss zodiacal light. And I will tell the story of my 11th comet discovery. We're coming up on this anniversary in a couple of weeks. All that and more. Thank you for listening. See the sky this week. I'll see you next week.